everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Feasible Filmcast. This is episode number 22 for September 13th, 2016. Uh, my name is Christopher, and uh, today on the show we'll be reviewing Kubo and the Two Strings, as well as Coraline and Paranorman. So it's going to be a heavy animation uh, Lakia show. Uh, we'll also get into a couple trailers um, and a couple of shows that have been announced, and also what's coming out next week, um, what we could be potentially reviewing next week. Um, but yeah, I just want to welcome everybody back. I know it's been a couple days now. I had some things to take care of over the last couple weeks, so I apologize for not having um, you know recurrent episodes out this past week or so. But we're back in action. Uh, we're being a fantastic film. Um, one thing off the top, though, I'd like to say is with Lakia, I've never actually watched any of their movies, and I I don't know if they just like just fallen under the radar for me or what, but for whatever reason, um, you know, Coraline and uh, Paranorman and the Box Trolls and those came out, you know, I, I don't know. It just recently, I just started like really getting into, uh, you know, stop motion animation and really, really enjoying the process and learning about it and, you know, learning about the different techniques and how they are using CG now to kind of complement the uh, the the artwork I'd say I mean that that's just the the best thing I can say about it is regardless of the stories it's just that it's visually appealing like it it just looks amazing so um you that's why you know after watching Kuba I just want to go back and track down all of them like all of the previous films and um I want I'll be watching box trolls here very soon so look for that uh probably next week so let's go ahead and get into uh Kubo and the two strings it's a um uh, stop motion fantasy action film, I guess you'd say, directed by Travis Knight, um, you know, starring Charlie Theron, uh, Ralph Fiennes, uh, Rooney Mara, George Takei, uh, Matthew McConaughey, etc. And it was just released, uh, you know, about a week or two ago, or actually, it was working, released about three weeks ago. Um, and it sits at like a cool, like, hour and 30, hour and 35 minutes. It goes by fast. Um, but it's basically about uh, Kubo, who's uh, like a young boy who lives with his mother. And, um, you know, he they, they live kind of like in the outskirts of this ta- like fantasy town. And uh, what he does is he goes into town and uh, he has this, um, it's not a banjo. Uh, it, I believe the name of it's called, I, I'm going to butcher this, it's called like a shamisen. But it, it's 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 like that old style um, like samurai Chinese banjo, Japanese banjo, and uh, I'm sorry, Japanese banjo, and uh, they uh, they use they use that as a tool to get across the story in like such a unique way. So basically, he goes into town, um, plays on the instrument, and has org and basically has these pieces of paper in his backpack that be that turn into origami. And he tells all of these stories. And, you know, just like to all the town folk are waiting, you know, to see what the next story is going to be for the day. And, you know, I, you know, they, that's where he gets his money, I guess, to pay for the food and things that he brings back to his mother, who's, um, you know, kind of at a loss. She's not, she seems like an invalid at the, at the beginning. Um, but, you know, you come to find out that, you know, he's just trying to care for her because she's been through like traumatic events and things like that. And, and, uh, 
her story, you know, she's recalling what happened to her husband and kind of giving the transferring like all of the ideas and um, personality and things to Kubo every night with the story, which he uses in turn, you know, to tell the story to the town folk, you know, the next day. But uh, yeah, you see, so you follow along. Um, there's something obviously that happens to him and he goes on a journey to uh, kind of face his fears and help his mother. And so um, some of the, the like, uh, kooky characters I guess he comes across is a, um, is a monkey and a beetle. And both of them are like the voice acting and this is just fantastic. And it has, you know, humor in the right places. It has like the, the joy of cinema in the right places. It has uh, like colorful backgrounds, um, like fantastic, like uh, animation, fantastic set work. And I can only imagine like how long it, it takes them to animate some of these ideas, but it just has a great flow. The editing's fantastic. It doesn't really dwell on any, um, like, uh, it doesn't really dwell on any like, like, like small character moments. It's kind of like a big picture movie. Um, where like a journey, like, like an Indiana Jones movie where you're giving kind of snippets of the character as they go along and, you know, he's kind of mischievous and, or Kubo is, he's kind of mischievous and likes to have fun and doesn't really have any friends at all. And, um, like finds friends along the way. But, uh, just the, just like moving from scene to scene on the journey is to me is just so much more interesting, I guess, because it's more of a fantasy world than, I don't know, like something more realistic, um, like, uh, or more deals more in like the real world, like maybe like something like Toy Story where, you know, they're moving from, you know, Andy's bedroom to the pizza place, to the arcade, you know, things like that. So it's, uh, or like Wreck-It, you know, it has more of like a Wreck-It Ralph vibe. So you kind of like know uh, what like an inside of an arcade might, you know, seem like, but like actually like going and exploring that idea or exploring being inside of a video game, you know, and, and the ideas that come across are pretty cool. And it's just like that in Kubo. Like he's able to use his origami to build like these like great structures that helps them along their journey. And he doesn't really know the power of it, um, but along the way he figures out more and more what he can actually do with it. And, you know, whether that be helping out the team or thwarting enemies or, or building certain things to, to help them across, you know, certain areas, almost like a, the progression style of a video game in a way. But, um, he has like a knack for making animals like dragons and birds and things like that. So it gives it more of like a fantastical nature, like, uh, I don't know, like something similar, like, I guess like lady in the water, like there's just like a, a like a really like neat vibe throughout the whole thing. You don't really feel you feel tension for them to see if they're gonna fig, you know win at the end of the journey or kind of where it's going to turn out there towards the end. But I don't know. It was just it was just a fantastic movie. It it it's by far my favorite. I, I mean, I go ahead and say it, it's by far my favorite movie of the year so far. It just like I was saying at the beginning, it just has this this great sense of a journey. I mean, the animation, like how they do the water effects, how they do the facial animations. And we'll talk about this more with like Caroline and uh, Coraline and Paranorman. I mean, you can just see the jump in style, like like the, the progression of their technique 
and the progression of like how the facial animations look and how the characters look as they're moving around like they they're like on another level now like it is just amazing like the um the the transitions and the cuts and the way they stage the characters and the close-ups and you know just the features of like the beetle's teeth and the eyes and everything they just i don't know they feel so much more realistic than something like say like uh the lego movie i know it they're kind of similar, I guess, um, like techniques, I guess you'd say. But there's just something more relatable. And there's more heart there. There's more character development there. Um, it just like, it willed itself more to me. I don't know. It just, somehow it grafts itself on me. I just love the progression of it and the editing. And the music is amazing. I just, I just loved everything about it. And the humor is just, it's laugh out loud funny. I mean, there's just times where you'll just die laughing and of the subtlety, like sometimes the characters don't even have to talk, you know, it's just like a movement and things like that. But it, I mean, it was just so funny. And so, you know, just Kubo dealing with, you know, the enemies that he faces and the friends along the way and the battle like sequences, they're, they're just simply amazing. And I can't say like, I mean, I can't say much more about it. It's just so great. I definitely recommend it. And uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I would definitely give this a five out of five. And I can't wait to see what they do next. I know they want, they're, they're talking, uh, Lakia Studio is talking about, or Lakia, I'm not sure how you say it. They're talking about um, getting more employees in their studio or, or branching out so that they can actually have a movie come out every single year. And, you know, I believe, you know, I was looking at, uh, uh, they're on the numbers and every single movie that they've done has cost them 60 million and almost every single one they've gotten close to doubling like they've made like 40 or 50 million dollars off each one so that is not a bad place to or, or i mean that's that's just a, a great amount of money to make so they'll continue on i can just can't wait for the next one so uh, we're kind of going to go out of order a bit on uh, the next one um I was going to talk about uh, Coraline. And so this one's done by the same studio. It's more of a horror film, like a dark fantasy horror film. Came out in 2009. Um, and it's basically about kind of a board, like a, it's set in like a, it, it's set in like a, a town that, um, or actually not a really a town. It's set in kind of like an apartment complex. And you don't really know go, what goes on outside of town. But it's basically just a, uh, you have like strange characters that live, live on each floor. And, you know, you meet, uh, there's a little girl called Coraline and she, she's kind of bored all the time. There's not a lot to do around, you know, other than, you know, her, you know, she's, she's her only, she's the only child. So her parents are writers and they don't really, you know, talk to her that much. So she kind of has to make her own fun, you know, just by going around the house and talking to like the characters and like going out to the garden and walking around and meeting people so there's not really a lot for her to do and but she ends up finding a uh, like a doorway that unlocks with a key and she goes down this hallway like this mystical hallway and when she gets to the other side she this is not spoilers happens within like the first couple minutes she finds like her they call it like their other family and they all have buttons for eyes so it's kind of creepy you're like what is going on here so in there, from there, it kind of progresses, you know, her other family, quote unquote, other family likes to give, you know, her whatever she wants. 
and there's tons of stuff to do. You know, she has great food there. You know, it's not a dreary, gloomy place. It's more like a happy place with like, uh, you know, with like all the people that it's kind of like a world that's catered towards her. And you're trying to figure out why they want her to, why the parents, the other parents want her to stay. And so it's, it's just a really, really interesting concept. And within that, you know, it has like a lot of horror elements. It has a lot of fantastical elements, just like their, like his other films. But this one in particular, um, felt to me, it, it, uh, it had that sense of terror and it had that sense of wonder, just like the other ones do. But I believe for me, it, it, it ran a little bit long. And towards the end, when there's the revelation, um, you get the, you get a, a, a little sense of why she's there. But then from there on, for, for me, I believe it deflates a little bit. And, you know, and she's trying to, yeah, um, I guess it's not really a spoiler, spoiler. I mean, this is a slight spoiler. I guess the movie's been out seven years now. So, I mean, this is a slight spoiler. Like her just trying to get out of the other world back into her world. And her like navigating that seems a little convenient and like unexplained in a way. So that that's kind of my only complaint and why I wouldn't give it like a fantastic score like the others. But it definitely has a feeling of the others. Uh, but uh, it doesn't. It like like I said, it kind of deflates there towards the end. But the journey is great. So um, I definitely recommend this one as well. The uh, music's great. Um, you know, I believe that it won, it won some award. This one won some awards for like character design and music. And, um, it actually got nominated for like best animated feature for that year of, uh, the Academy and the Golden Globes, which is really neat. And, um, this one was directed by, uh, Henry Selleck and, you know, had uh, Dakota Fanning and, uh, Terry Hatcher. And it's funny because I was trying to, beforehand I was trying to figure out who the mother's character was like the voice like it's so unique and I just couldn't put my foot on it and I, I was just like I was like well I'm just going to keep waiting to the very end to see if I can you know just however much time it takes and at the very end I had to go look you know and found out that it was Terry Hatcher and the funny thing about that is is I remember watching um like a long time ago like when I was a kid I remember watching like a rerun of MacGyver and I guess she's, she's Terry Hatcher's kind of like the quote unquote love interest of MacGyver in some ways, you know, or, or kind of like the nuisance that, you know, he's just kind of helps her out. And there's this episode where they go to, uh, Terry Hatcher's grandfather, I believe passes away and leaves her her estate or, uh, you know, they have to go tend to the estate. And so her and MacGyver go out there and, uh, you know, bring some groceries and stuff. They're like going to stay the night and like, she's going to like kind of go through and, you know, see what kind of memory she can get of, you know, being there as a kid and things, but you, you know, you come to find out that there's like somebody living in the walls and, uh, you know, they can't, I won't spoil it, I guess, if you don't watch it, but you know, there's somebody that comes out of the walls and like kidnaps her and MacGyver has to figure out what's going on. So it's like, it's weird. You know, like when I was finished watching, you know, with Coraline, you know, has, has, I mean, somebody doesn't come out of the walls, but it's kind of like a similar idea where Coraline goes into like a kind of another dimension. There's people living there. That's kind of like a, weird like 25 year coincidence that they're kind of in a similar role or something that she's done before so i thought that was kind of strange but uh this movie made i believe 124 million out of the 60 so yeah it doubled it doubled so you know it was definitely i remember at the time everyone talking about it 
and I just don't know for whatever reason I just never went and saw it and um but I'm so enamored with the style so far so um and it, it was like based on a story by Neil Gaiman so and like I've I've recently gotten into um some of his books like I read uh the graveyard book uh which was really awesome and he has like a really good sense of uh like kind of I don't know like not Dr. S- kind of like Dr. Seuss's characters put in like these weird fantastical worlds but it's just like yeah it just fits them perfectly it's more about the joy and the wonder but it also deals with more heavy elements so it's not um like it is a kids those write kids stories I guess in a way but they're more for adults and adults will get a little bit more out of them than kids would you know other than just you know watching it for the visuals so and another thing I like like about the Lockheed studio is they take chances like there's there's some like adult humor I say adult humor not like triple x stuff but like adult humor as far as like things that kids wouldn't get and visuals and styles and things like that and jokes and that's really cool because like I know a lot of like um Pixar movies try to do and DreamWorks movies try to do the same thing but I don't know I I I find that the ones that the Lucky does is so much more funny and so this one uh with Coraline uh, to sum it up I, I definitely recommend you know going back and checking these out and uh I'd say I'd give it like a four out of five I thought it was I thought it was really really good okay so now on to Paranorman so this one came out like three years later. So this one came out in 2012. And this is another, you know, stop stop animation film by Lakia, um, directed by Sam Fell and Chris Butler. And uh, this one was voiced by Cody Smith McPhee, uh, Anna Kendrick, Casey Affleck, um, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, this one is about a boy who is kind of like an outcast at school because he can talk to ghosts and like see ghosts so you know as he's walking to school and things like that he like sees ghosts and stuff and he talks to him and like people you know all the uh town folk and stuff are outside like looking at him like you know this kid's crazy he's talking to himself and you know he knows it's neat because like paranorman knows it's crazy but you know he's telling everybody that you know he's actually seeing these people and actually talking to these people so it's really interesting to kind of see where the story goes and um not to really like spoil anything, but there's a, he's, he has like a crazy uncle who comes along and can see ghosts as well. And before he passes on, he wants to give uh, Norman his uh, book that he has to go and read at this certain site in town. And if he does that, it'll stop kind of like an uh, impending doom on the town. So he's kind of been keeping, the uncle's been kind of keeping this impending doom off of the town for like the last couple of years. And from what I understand, like, you know, it gets passed on. So it gets passed on from like person to person. So he wants to pass it on to Norman just because Norman has the power to, to see ghosts as well. So, you know, Norman gets bullied at school. Um, nobody likes him and he kind of befriends two kind of like the nerdy kids. And, you know, it, 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 it turns into your typical, um adventure film i guess and you know it has all some horror elements here and there they do a really good job on the music really good job on the animation of course 
And, you know, this one coming from Paranorman, I'm sorry, from Coraline, I mean, it's just like a, like the quality is just, is so much better in this. It's, it's not as drab. It's more colorful. The faces look better. Um, each character is more unique and more sophisticated. The town looks better. Uh, the way that they meld, uh, assumingly like the CG with the, uh, stop motion just looks fantastic. And, you know, Kubo is kind of like the epitome, but this one so far that I've seen, I haven't seen box trolls yet, but this one, uh, uh just, I mean, it looks fantastic. Like the, the feed, the, the features of each character is completely different. Um, and, you know, in each, each movie kind of has like a big set piece, like a musical number of some sort or a big set piece. And this one's definitely has, this one's biggest set piece has like, like just so much, com- so much more comedy than the other ones. Like this one, like, eh, like I was just dying laughing like the whole time. I thought it was fantastic. Like, and of course, like everything was voiced, voiced perfectly, like cast perfectly. And, you know, it got, um, Academy Award for like a best fan animated feature for the year and, or sorry, the nomination. And I, I mean, it just, it was just so much fun. Like that's, that's all I can say about these movies is they have, they have a lot of fun. You can tell they have a lot of fun making them. You can tell that, uh, the voice acting voice actors are having fun. You know, it, it has that, uh, like, I don't know. I say it again. It's like the joy of cinema. It's just, it's something you just can't help but like smile at. Like when you're reading like an old, like, you know, and you kind of like when you're so enthralled about these like first stories you were reading as a little kid, you know, it's just, you, you know, you just have like a, I, the whole time, I just had like a great big smile on my face and, you know, I was just laughing and just, just loving where it was going and where the story was progressing. And this one, uh, Paranorman is a lot more um, accessible than the others, I'd say. Just because it's a little bit more straightforward, it's a horror movie, you know, especially with October coming up around the corner. Um, I, th- I think it treats, or it's a better movie to watch than Coraline. It's if you want to get kind of your, you know, scary elements out of it in a way, quote unquote, scary elements. And, um, but it follows kind of like that horror motif, you know, where, you know, you have all these outcasts coming together, you know, like the punks and the bullies and the cheerleader and kind of, you know, like zombie land or, you know, um, that's, uh, scout survival of the zombie apocalypse, you know, like all these different types of personalities meet together and then they all have to figure out like how to get out of the situation. And, um, I just love those movies. I just love those kind of horror movies. And this one is no different. Like I would definitely put it up. There's like one of my favorite, um, like comedic horror films. Like it's just fantastic. And this one, um, I would give, I would definitely give this one a four, four out of five. Maybe with more watches, it could even go up to like a 4.5 out of five. We'll see. But, um, it's right around that cusp. It's not enough to, I don't think it's enough to give it a 4.5 just because I thought the ending yet again kind of deflates into, um, in more of like the beginning. It's a very straightforward movie to the very end. And then at the end, they kind of have to like throw uh, some information at you to explain everything. And what they give you isn't like as interesting as what you've, what the journey you've been brought up to, like what you think's going to happen. It's not that interesting. So in the way that they do it, it's they spend quite a while 
uh, like at least 10 minutes of uh, explaining the end. And um, for me, I just figured, you know, there's some twists and turns in there that were really interesting that they could have just went into and uh, left the impending, quote-unquote impending doom uh, to, like, I don't know, maybe another story or or something that was a little bit more interesting. So, like I said, I give it a 4, possibly a 4.5 on a, out of 5 on another viewing. So, um, so let's move along and get into, uh, I guess, some trailers. Um, the first trailer that really surprised me um, was uh, Trolls. And this wouldn't be any anything of the... I can't imagine anything of watching me watching this, I guess. But, like, when I saw the trailer, I don't know, for whatever reason, I just thought it was funny. Like, I was laughing at some of the jokes. I thought, you know, the music sounds fun. Um, the characters look pretty cool. And, I don't know, it's just... The, the, the story might not be that great, but the little character moments, especially, the, like, the comedic moments that show on screen, actually made me, like, chuckle quite a bit. So, I don't know. I, I think I'm I'm in on this one. I think it'll be pretty fun. So... I mean, I don't know what the whole, I don't know what everybody else thinks out there, but I don't know. It, it just, it looks like it could be a fun movie. You know, something like uh, Kubo, maybe. I don't know. So we'll wait and see. But definitely elevated it for me. And then the other one was the um, the Storks movie. And, you know, it's the very, I'll, I'll be honest, the first time I saw the trailer, I it was, it was, chaotic and the story just doesn't look that interesting but the more i uh, uh you know kind of looked into it and especially the second trailer uh i guess they went back and looked at it and maybe they got some negative responses but the second trailer or well, maybe it's the third trailer i'm not sure it, it really set up the story you know about you know the old like wives tell like the, the storks deliver babies to the families and in this one the the storks have like given up on you know delivering babies they don't do that anymore and they've turned into kind of like an amazon company where they the storks deliver like packages and stuff and you have like this main stork who who flies in i guess he's kind of like their number one guy and they stumble across and there's one human that works within the company for whatever reason this girl and they find a baby and they're like oh well this will be our last one so they they kind of go on a journey to deliver this last baby to this family and there was just like, like I just thought that the uh, it's kind of like those corny like buddy movies where you know they're kind of going on this like really funny journey and I don't know it's just for whatever reason the 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 wolf scene uh, some of the baby sequences I don't know I was just laughing a lot just like in the storks I mean the trolls trailer and so this one I'm definitely interested in as well so definitely be checking this out. Um, when it comes out, and I believe it comes out uh, in about two weeks. So, um, if there's nothing else coming out on September 23rd, uh, I'll definitely we'll definitely be reviewing that. So look out for that. Um, and then another another trailer that came out this week was Max Steel. And so, for anybody that doesn't know, um, Max Steel is kind of like it. it I don't, I never like got any of the toys or anything, but at the time, like I remember it was like a big deal, like in, believe it or not, like back in like the early nineties, it was just, you know, all about like these action figures, like 
like every single commercial from what I remember was just like cereal and toys and they were like action figures and Max Steel was a big one I remember and uh, I don't know why I guess it's just kind of like Hollywood just kind of grasping at straws and uh, at this point but you know anything with a name that'll sell so I know they're doing a Stretch Armstrong you know they're, they're doing really well with Turtles and or Ninja Turtles so uh, you know Battleship any of these games or action figures anything with a name that comes relatively cheap that they can buy, they'll they'll scoop up and you know just just make a cheap because uh, you can take, I mean just look you can take a concept that's been done a million times and just repackage it with subpar CG effects and you know do the casting the right way and possibly get like one mid tier level actor in there and it'll kind of sell itself. I mean look at the uh, I don't remember the name of it but that last that Rooster Teeth movie that came out, I mean, it just looked absolutely ridiculously terrible. And, you know, like the, the, the special effects just looked like, you know, asylum quality. And that got a theatrical release. So, you know, this is just no different. It, 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 it this looks absolutely ridiculous. It, it just looks like a hero story that's been grafted on like your like Spider-Man story or Superman story all all folded into one and Iron Man you know I mean it just has it, it has like all of those elements but the way that they inject a lot of humor in it is the there's like a robot that roams around with him and I don't I really wasn't into the toys that much so I don't really even remember I just remember him, Max Steel but having some sort of, uh, uh, um, like, I, you know, I never watched the TV show, but I just remember, I'm just trying to remember back. It's just hard. I just remember him being like, you know, having like his father's traits and things like that and being able to run really fast and stuff like that. But that's about the extent of what I remember. And in this one, I don't remember, maybe it's a central idea, but there's like this robot that follows him around and, that's where you get kind of like all the humor, but it was just the the voice casting. I think it was the um, it's Josh Brenner from Silicon Valley. Man, it's just it it just sounds like it was just miscast, and he kind of needs something more of like a dry sense of humor, like um like Jarvis and in, in Iron Man. But they're definitely going for an Avengers style Iron Man, Spider Man, RoboCop vibe. Um, but to me, it just doesn't work. I just it has no um, acting muscle behind it. The CG looks questionable. Um, the way the kid just learns martial arts in a pinch just looks ridiculous. And th- it's going to be one of those things where it just seems like there's like in a, some kind of like big threat at the end that he fights. Like he has to use, builds up all of his skills and has to use his skills at the end and then roll credits. It just looks absolutely terrible. And so we'll see. I mean, it comes out October 14th. Um, I, this is the first time I'd even heard of the trailer. So it came out like two weeks, like three weeks before. So, you know, we'll kind of see how this goes, but I'm definitely not looking forward to it. And unless there's like nothing coming out that week, like absolutely nothing, I can't see us reviewing it, but we'll see. And the other uh, big news was there's going to be a new Shanghai movie with Jackie Chan and Owen Wilson. And it's going to be called Shanghai Dawn. 
And it's going to be directed by Jared Hess, you know, who did um, like Napoleon Dynamite and uh, Nacho Libre. And uh, I can see this being a home run, I guess, for Jared Hess. I mean, this is kind of his time to kind of turn it around and prove that he can make another like funny movie. Um, see, I've, I've enjoyed um, all of his movies, really. I, I didn't see the last one, but, you know, Gentleman Broncos, I loved. Nacho Libre, I loved. And Napoleon Dynamite, I loved. I don't know. It's just kind of like that subtle humor, that wacky scene changes, awkwardness. I, I, I don't know. For whatever reason, that comedy just, like, sticks with me. And uh, kind of like that mockumentary-style humor. And it, it just looks like it's ad-libbed. And, you know, the colorful characters that they usually have on screen is just really funny. So I'm definitely looking forward to this. And I, I love the other two uh, Shanghai movies. You know, the I believe that they have, like, some of the best chemistry together other than, you know, maybe Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker in the Rush Hour movies. But I think they're equally as funny. They're just as fun. And the action sequences are really great. Um, but this one, I don't know. We'll have to see. I mean, I, I think that now's the time to do remakes. Jackie Chan's getting up there in age. I hear his last, last movie, Skip Trace, is pretty, pretty bad. So we'll see how this one goes. But I, I'm actually pretty excited for it. And then on to uh, the last bit of news. We have uh, Christopher Guest uh, mascots finally released a trailer, and it's it looks to me it looks really funny. Um, they have it's basically about a couple mascots are going for like this world record, or they're going for these different trophies and like what they have to go through, and it's it's your classic mockumentary Christopher Guest setup like like waiting for government or best in show, you know, where everyone's kind of biting for this place and trying to win this award. And they go about it with like dance numbers and, you know, weird ways of training and, uh, you know, different like body types and ages and, you know, the different stories where they come from. So it's all about like how they set up like these characters and how like fluid and how real they, they feel. And I, I mean, I was getting kind of a, a sort of a sense that, you know, a lot of the actors and whatnot have kind of moved on to some of them have moved on to bigger and better things. And going back into these roles kind of feels a little bit forced, but I'm still excited to see, you know, how it, how it, and you know, evolves. So I definitely recommend going and checking out. It's going to be on Netflix, I believe like at the end of the month. So, um, yeah, definitely go at least go check out the, uh, the the trailer online and see if it's your bit of tea. But one of my favorite comedies of all time is Waiting for Guffman and Best in Show. So definitely, if you have not seen those movies, go check them out. You know, kind of a precursor to this. Um, so that that kind of brings us to the end of the show. Um, let's look at like uh, what's being released next week. Um, we've got see kind of what we're going to review so what will this be this is the 13th so we've got let's see the 23rd um let's see what do we have here well 20th okay sorry so this week we have Bridget Jones's Baby opening, we have Blair Witch opening, we have Snowden opening. Uh, that's the big one. So um, 
We'll probably place our bets, place your bet on reviewing Blair Witch. Um, you know, now's the season to start getting into horror movies. You know, they're my favorite genre. So probably going to be reviewing quite a bit of horror coming up here. So what a way, I mean, what a perfect way to kick it off with Blair Witch. Um, I know that a lot of people, I guess, so far it's saying it's pretty good. Um, so I kind of have to see. I'm not, me personally, I'm not a huge uh, Adam Wingard fan. I know he's kind of like, has this moniker, I guess, behind him, like a resurgence of horror. I didn't like his VHS contribution. Um, I didn't like Your Next all that much. The guest was okay. Um, so, I don't know, we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, you know, I know they were kind of, they've been filming it for a while and they've kind of kept it under wraps. I mean, the only, the only really thing I'm hearing is, uh, is that he, uh, is that it looks too polished. So, you know, we'll, 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 we'll check that out, I guess, and review that. So that kind of brings us to the end of the show. Um, yeah, again, sorry, it's taken so long to come back. Um, but we are, I'm going to definitely be doing a show every week now. And, um, and especially for, um, October coming up, uh, I'd love to do like a top, top, like 50 horror movies. I mean, I, I'm telling you, I, it's my favorite genre and, you know, I'd love like any contributions to like what to see, uh, you know, after, maybe after we do like our, my top 50 or so, or we can kind of like have an area, uh, in the comments, maybe that we can throw up that, you know, like give like contributions or start some discussion on it. But, uh. Yeah, of like what to watch like during the week, like we could kind of set up. I was thinking maybe it would be cool to do like a, uh, uh, like pick like famous directors and like pick maybe like well, like an unknown horror movie from them. Not necessarily a bad one, but you know, just maybe an, an unknown one, like one that, you know, is kind of off kilter for them or, you know, didn't do as well in review those. So, you know, do like a John Carpenter, or, um, you know, Wes Craven, something that's a little bit well, like underappreciated, I guess. So that, that would be a lot of fun to do. So look forward to that. And, uh, yeah, if you wouldn't mind following me on Twitter, it's at Lee Van Martin. Uh, give, give me a follow on there. Um, if you wouldn't mind share this episode, uh, like on your social media and your Twitter, or your Instagram, things like that. Um, rate us on iTunes. Like if you wouldn't mind like giving us a positive review on iTunes. It helped the show out. Like, tell all your friends, email all your friends, let everybody know about it. And um, anytime you can email me at feasiblefilm at gmail.com with suggestions on, you know, what you'd like to see reviewed um, or any thoughts or ideas on the show, they uh, are greatly appreciated. So um, that just about wraps it up. And so thanks for listening. Until next time, stay feasible. Stay feasible.